0: Hello everyone, welcome to a very special edition of the SBK Betting Podcast. It is a look at the Cheltenham Festival. Yes, I've said those two words that we always steer clear of. From an early part of the season, we're always a podcast that likes to look at the here and the now and looking at the racing as it comes. But I feel and we all feel that we've got to a moment in time of the season where we can have a look at the championship races. Championship races specifically because we're still learning about the younger horses and we don't know anything about the handicappers at all. Um, But we can have a look at it from an anti-post betting perspective, especially as we've got our early entries uh, so we're going to have a look at the five championship race races and get the thoughts of tom collins and ross miller have to remind you that this time last year which went past me i can't remember that i actually did this but i'm pleased that i had done i think i put up a plutard at this stage which was good and and flooring porter so um we're looking to see if we can do the same and find some angles at this stage for some of our horses, uh, some of our selections for these big races. So we're going to kick off with the champion hurdle. As I said, Ross Miller, uh, Tom Collins with me as always. Uh, Constitution Hill is currently nine favourites. State Man, 5s. Honeysuckle, 11s. Pie Piper, 64 to 1. And you can take any price for all the others. We've got the likes of Bob Ollinger, Epitant, Charger, Sir Gerhard we don't know how many will turn up in this. A lot of them might fear for their lives for Constitution Hill. Um, some might be happy to take them on. We're pretty certain State Man will. Ross Miller and Imagine, not really a betting race?
1: I think Constitution Hill's probably got quite a good chance. Um, no, it's, <laughs> it, I, I think it's probably... I, I, you know, we're, a, we're a, the SBK betting podcast, but I... Mm-hmm can i speak for myself first and foremost i just love horse racing and and love watching good horses and let's hope constitution Hill gets there because it's a chance to watch a really really top top class horse um do i want to back him at five to one on four you know nine to four on not at all it's only going to diminish my enjoyment to be honest with you um i think if if you're minded to you're trying to find the horse that's Going to finish runner up to him, whether that's you put him in a forecast or each way or with the you know some some you can get the without market. Um, for mm. my money, I think Voban at eleven to one is a is a decent enough price. I think he'll go off shorter than that. Um, I really liked what he did at Le over Christmas, as we spoke about it at the time. I thought he got short of a bit of room at a crucial time. Probably got a bit tired in his first run, and I think he. Outran expectations of trainer and and owners. Um, I think it's uh, Danny Mullins has got experience on him now. That's a good thing. I think mm. he'll have the ride in the in the big race. The the, the the harder they go, the more chance he's got. I think he's going to probably end up over further than this eventually. Um, you know, four year olds coming five year olds don't have a great record in the Champion Hurdle. Yeah. I don't think he's going to going to beat Constitution Hill in a million years, but. Eleven to one each way didn't seem the worst price uh, for all it's Probably not a price I'm going to take myself. I think it's a race I just want to watch and enjoy.
0: Yeah, as we said, we are betting podcasts. This isn't a betting here as well, but it is horse racing. Anything can happen. We can always we always say that um, Constitution Hill has been pretty much flawless. Um, but look, you've got you've got to you've you've got to take um, his price as it is, and that's based on uh, on the performances that we've seen that we've seen. If anything, as Ross has said, this is a as, an, it is sort of running on in behind him and each way prices. And they're probably good value for what they are because Constitution Hill is so short. TC, is there anything like that that you can see could running running into a place? Or are you going to take on Constitution Hill?
2: No, in I'm peril. certainly not taking him on. <laughs> certainly not taking him on. Uh, I have been stupid with some of the selections in recent weeks. Actually, just last week, but I'm not that stupid. Um, I won't be taking on Constitution Hill. I think he wins. I actually do think four to nine... Is a value bet. Now that comes with the, the caveat that four to nine is still a very short price. Would mm-hmm. I actually want to back him at four to nine? No. But if you're doing a Cheltenham opening day Tuesday accumulator or whatnot on SBK, then of course you want to be adding Constitution Hill into that. Um, if he's four to nine, I imagine it'll be more one to five, like Ross touched on there. There is no horse in this field aside from State Man that even could hold a candle to, to Constitution Hill's quality. Uh Charger obviously in the past would have been a player. He'll run in this race, most likely um voban looked good a couple of seasons ago last year but uh, i don't really know what to expect from him constitution here was just a plus and he's facing horses at b or c you know um you mm-hmm. can make a load of comparisons with this uh, champion hurdle to the champion hurdle that we saw last year um last year honeysuckle obviously won the race she came into tuesday's feature with clearly the best form the highest rating and air of invincibility um, of course, at that point, she hadn't been beaten. She has since. Uh, but aside from her last year, the second favorite was appreciated, trained by Willie Mullins, who was yet to prove himself in a proper grade one outside uh, of novice company. And there was a decent gap to the remainder with the likes of Epiton, et cetera, in the market. Mm-hmm. This time around, we have an unbeaten runner who has the best form, highest rating and more than an air of invincibility. Uh, that horse is Constitution Hill. And I fully expect him to win. And away from him, again, we have a Willie Mullins trained second favorite in State Man who has yet to prove himself in a proper grade one. Now, he has run outside of Novice Novice Company, but he's basically had two trials against other Willie Mullins horses. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't really use that form as literal. And then, aside from those two in the market, we have Epitont in there again. We have Honeysuckle, Mm -hmm. both of whom might not even run in the race. And we have Vauban and Charger, who, you know, they've got completely different profiles. But uh, at the same time, I would never take them over State Man, let alone uh, Constitution Hill, to win. So, yeah, it's not a betting race for me. Uh, we've got four other races on this podcast that I'm sure we've got select- selections for. But uh, at this stage, I'm just counting down days to watch uh, Nicky Henderson's champion run the champion hurdle
0: yeah look we're lucky to have him um it'll be fascinating to see what they do next year you'd imagine we're going to see him over a large obstacle um, a novice company and then look to and what was also intriguing is that he uh he's already been lined up for entry and stepping up in trip as well um two and a half miles and so look they're going to be experimental and i think he's got a great owner in the shape of michael buckley that wants to take on these uh, adventurous challenges. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing him. My one, I'd, I just thought maybe i will throw in one um, at, a, at a huge price each way. And uh, that's First Street. I think he, he can get any price you want, probably 60 to one. Um, but I think that he has made um, big waves um, this season. I think his run... At Cheltenham, last time behind Mary's Rock over two and a half miles was fine. I don't think he's a two and a half miler. He's a two miler. Um, he's progressive. Um, I think Nicky Henderson holds him in high regard. If you can get four places, that was probably a good bet. Um, I can't, I just the thing is, I don't know how many horses are actually going to turn up um and um i don't think Mickey Henderson minds too much running his horses against each other sometimes if he has to we've seen it happen and maybe first street will be one of them i just i think he's a, a likeable horse that could continue to to progress and tease that he's, he's going to be they're going to be hard placing him in handicaps now that he's raced 152. Although I think he's in the bet for hurdle. Um, uh, okay, we'll we'll move on to the rest because they're more betting prospects anyway. We'll go to the Champion Chase. Um, Energamine, even money favourite. He uh, won this race last year, and what turned out to be a bit of a disappointment was Shishkin um, not turning up at all and uh, bombing out quickly with an injury. Edward Stone adds some spice to this race. He's eleven to four. Blue Lord, will he go here? Will he go to Ryanair? That is the million-dollar question. He's six to one. Grenatine, twenty three. New Negra, Negro twenty eight. Gentleman Demi twenty eight. And Chasson Pulsouar thirty nine to one. Bill Savola fifty four to one. So, as always with the champion chase, um, Ross, we don't have a huge field size, and there's some ifs and buts about a lot of these um blue lord is the one that i'm really intrigued to see wherever he goes um obviously he's a stable companion to energy mean what do you make of energy mean because i i love the way he runs i love his style exuberance but he didn't beat much last year in the champion chase and he just had to sort of show up last time out he and then he got beaten in that proper race against shishkin so could something progressive beat him
1: no i i, I don't think so <laughs> Um, I, I think he was, I think he was good enough last year in the champion chase. And you look at that and think is if, if this was being run a year ago, you know, Edward Stone, blue Lord against the Shishkin that we knew then, and, and the energy we knew then you, you wouldn't be talking about them getting near on what, on what they've shown this year. Um, I think he looked exuberant and, uh, Back, back as good as he was on his on his reappearance run. He took a couple of chances, but I put that down to freshness. He's normally a pretty safe jumper. I think he's uh, more rideable now than he was. He was pretty one-dimensional early on, and he was a sort of blast mm-hmm. from the front and, and just go. I think he showed in the champion chase last year that he's he's got a brain. He can be dropped out and ridden a bit more conservatively. So I don't see him getting beaten. Um, I thought Blue Lord, I agree with you, is, is the most interesting one away from him. Uh, He was really smart at uh, Leperstown. Looked just to put his jumping together. He'd not been a bad jumper, but he hadn't looked the most fluent and the quickest over his fence at time. And he looked much, much better last time. Now, Chak and Porsoir made a bad mistake at a crucial time, but Blue Lord was going, in my eyes, the best at the time. Finished very powerfully. Um, He was a bit disappointing for me last year. I thought he was, you know, exciting novice chaser given what he'd done over hurdles the year before. Um, if last year was a slightly subpar year for, for whatever reason, and and this is more like the Blue Lord we saw as a novice hurdler, I think he's interesting. Um, but I I think if you went into Willie Mullins' yard and tried to have a conversation with him about Blue Lord being at the same level as Enegameen, I think you'd get mm. laughed out of there pretty quickly. Um, evens is a short enough price to take anti-post because we've got to be clear that anti-post betting is about trying to find something that's going to go off shorter on the day. He probably will go off shorter than evens, I would would think. Um, And he's going to go for this race. He's going to go for this race as well. So though it's a short price on on my um, sort of radar, I I think he's a great price at even money. I think Blue Lord to finish second at six to one, if you're the sort of person that bets six to one shots each way, I think I'd be taking that now because I think he'll be, shorter again because he's likely to run at the Dublin Racing Festival and if that goes well I could see him usurping Edward Stone to be second favourite so those are the two I'm looking at the next three we get a bit races we look at we get a bit more exciting I promise but for me I think energy mm. means very very hard to beat and uh, I think TC's probably going to tell us now that evens is a is a very good price
0: <laughs> yeah I can see him nodding away and um, before I do which I get the sense that there's a, there's plenty of support behind energy mean from the pair of you um Edward Stone, he's the he he's the one that we always sort of ignore a little bit. Um, I know we did in the Tingle Creek, and I, I think I don't know why he doesn't get given as as much uh, pop, he doesn't have as much popularity as the others. He's he's come out in open company. Obviously, he had that unfortunate um, unseat, um, or was it more of a fall um, at uh, last time out at, at Kempton. Um, but they're they're so punchy about him. It, do, should we? Can he be? Obviously, Energamine is is got it all to play for, and um, he he's clearly a horse that's just thriving and, and could be even better this year than last. But should we? We need to give it Edward Stone his due credit, TC. Shouldn't we?
2: Yeah, I mean, last year he was good in novice company. He racked up, uh, what was it, five consecutive victories before being beaten at Aintree Odds On. Um, he was decent in the Tingle Creek on his return, beating Grenatine, who was primed for the race. Last time out at Kempton, he would have won. Um, I, I, I mean, I know people are going to be like, well, it was so far out and he fell and you never know what happens. But he is a much better horse than Ede If he got round and, and jumped fine, he would have won that race. Um, but it was a very bad mistake. And a general rule I have, no matter who the horse is if they fell or unseated or whatever last time out. Brought down is a completely different thing. But if they fell or unseated last time out, I won't back them next time just purely uh, because I've had terrible experiences in the past where i back horses that fell last time and go and fall again. And then I just gutted about my my own decision. Um, So yeah, look, you have to consider Edward Stone. But I just don't think he's in the same, the same league as Zenergimin. Uh, I just think he's the best horse in the race by an absolute mile. I think he's my banker of the festival. He should be four to seven, not even money. I think that's a great price, as Ross touched on. Uh, is he running Enogmin running before the festival? I thought um, potentially he was going to run in the Clarence House or at the Dublin Race Festival. And if he does, then he's going to be a lot shorter than the Ever money right now, isn't he? Um, not, not only does he tick every single trend that you need for a champion chase winner, This horse has huge star quality, like massive star quality. And the reason that people underestimate Edward Stone on a regular basis is not because we don't uh, know that he's a very good horse, because we do. He's rated 170. He's proven himself in novice company. But he was a former handicapper. And when a horse progresses up through the ranks, but it takes them a while to do so, and they're beating in handicapped company, you don't gain that initial cult following that you see from horses with star quality. The likes of Enerjamine, Shishkin, that have won that win their first five, six, seven races, and then you think they're going to be invincible. You don't have that following when you lose a, a load of handicaps and then go into uh, graded races, start winning them, and you become that improver that hits the top of the, you know, the top of the tree in your division. You just don't gather the same amount of impetus regarding the race in public. That's why I think he's generally un- unconsidered uh, for races of this nature. But yeah, back to an I mean, he's won every single chase start um, that he has contested by eight, and a half length, eight, eight and a half lengths or more except for the SBK Clarence House chase where he got beat by a prime Shishkin. Key word there is prime. Because if you consider Shishkin where he is now and you think that he beat an Erjameen, then you'd be thinking, well, even money is pretty short. Um, but this was a prime Shishkin, an unbeatable Shishkin. And he ran a great race in second in Erjameen. He's got plenty of speed, as Ross touched on, he's versatile, can be held up as he showed in last year's race when he beat nothing, but he still won, beat Fennambol Cibola by eight and a half lengths, or he can go to the front, which is the aggressive way, the way you should ride a horse who is dominant uh, with ability, I wouldn't be surprised if they go to the front this year, by the way, Um, his Hillyway victory on his reappearance I thought was very good, it was, yes, a piece of work, it was a canter, paid canter, but at the same time he was impressive, and yeah you have to consider edward Stone, as we touched on blue lord i think it's better going to the ryanair i have to say especially if there's question marks regarding Alaho, we'll come onto that race in, in due course um but if even if blue lord does run here i just think an means a better horse and yeah i'm all over the even money short price for anti-post but i think it's a value price
0: yeah there's a lot um that can happen in between now and then we're re- recording this uh, early part of january we've got the clarence house coming up on the 21st of january and from what we've heard, Mean does go there, as does Edward Stone. So we could see a, a sort of a preview for the champion chase at Ascot. As TC was saying, Enerjimin was beaten in this race, last year, in what was one of the races of, of this century. Um, and he he's probably got a, a lesser race um, this time around. No Shishkin, as you say, at his prime. So even money uh, now could look pretty good if he goes and wins that race. And Edward Stone will be a lot bigger. The only horse that won't really be affected by it is Blue Lord and he's the one that we will go on and talk about probably a bit more for the Ryanair but I'm still going to put him in as my selection here because anything can happen in that Clarence house and if a, an if I mean doesn't uh, perform for whatever reason I still think Blue Lord looks like a solid option and I think after last time um out um where he won um Willie Mullen said that he always looked to be a Ryanair horse, but he showed a lot of speed in that race. So he's still umming and Ring. It is Willie Mullen's bingo. I think he's probably the same price for both the Champion Chase and the Ryanair. So in which case, I don't mind him as an anti-post selection for both of them. I really, really like this horse. He's definitely on the upgrade. Um, he's a horse that had always has had a big reputation. He's a younger type, and he just sort of could be anything. And he's just, as we say, it is a betting podcast. It is anti-post, and he's a... He's more of a betting proposition for me as we stand. So that's the champion chase. We'll move swiftly and quite neatly into the Ryanair. Um, again, this is all about um, another one of Willie Mullins' runners, Alaho. Um, he has was, he's just been pretty flawless. And we this is a horse that we really hope to see in the King George didn't make it. Um, and one of plenty of horses of Willie Mullins is who just we haven't really seen this year um, for whatever reason um, and it looks like he might go straight to the Ryanair to defend his crown um, Ross how how do you read into that is that something that concerns you um, he's obviously a seriously talented horse but he's clearly had his issues this season
1: um, it, it doesn't concern me because it it just means for me he's just not an anti-post proposition um because at mm-hmm. that sort of price you're tying up a huge amount of your betting bank on a horse that you just simply don't know is he going to get there um if he turns up there without a run that doesn't bother me at all it's whether he's actually gonna gonna turn up there and i think if you go through this this sort of the entries at this stage Alaho, Gallopin de champ well they're they're gonna to want to go for the gold cup. He's got to prove he stays three miles. We'll get on to him later. Blue Lord, I'm fairly confident he goes to the champion chase. They Willie Mullins spoke about showing a lot more speed. daryl Jacob was ecstatic with how much more speed he showed. And he is I mean, there's no one bigger in that department and decision making than Willie Mullins. They'll go where Willie Mullins says they want to go. But daryl Jacob's a very influential piece of the jigsaw with uh, Isaac Muir and uh, Suede um, so I, I think he looks like going champion chase Shishkin, I come back to him I'm not finished with Shishkin yet conflated I think they'll want to go to the gold cup, Fakir Doudary will probably run here, Statler is almost certainly going to go to the gold cup he's not coming back in trip and then you're into Chak and Porsoir and you know the likes of Hitman um, so the the, the two I'm interested in, Shishkin I think he's not finished yet i I don't get this groundswell of he ran badly in the champion chase and they clearly found a problem now people don't like that the problem wasn't found straight after the race and they think it's excuse making um you know veterinary medicine being what it is there's an awful lot of tests that have to be undergone to find out what's wrong he then came back and ran below par in the tingle creek and look outpaced the whole way they've done a piece of work and and Nico has, you know, reported that he's his his wind wasn't perfect, they've done a small wind operation. Um, that's enough for me to say, well, maybe he's just had a little bit going on. And a, a, a shishkin that's able to breathe over this sort of trip on a track that he likes, he's dangerous. Whether Aloho's in there or not, he's dangerous. But do I want to be taking six to one about him when he might just be one of these horses that has a catalogue of errors and we don't see him this season? No, I don't, but when we review this race closer to the time, he's still on my list. I'm not, I'm not buying that this horse is finished and he's with the greatest trainer on either side of the RHC for bringing horses back. There are no bones about that, but the horse I like for the here and now, and I think he's almost certainly going to run here because he clearly didn't stay three miles in the Savills chase, traveled really well and caught my eye. His, his French dynamite for, for Mouse Morris, I thought he jumped really nicely um off a fairly slow pace early and then when they quickened it up he traveled like a very smart horse and then hit the rising ground going into unknown territory and I think the, the petrol gauge hit empty um that form in the Cheltenham handicap when beaten by Galore um is is looking better and better and he would have beaten Galore that day if he'd have jumped the last the last fence he'll travel off a, a strong pace um, this could cut down to a very small field I'm confident he's going there. So uh, from, from the view of anti-post betting tr- being about trying to build a portfolio of horses that you found the right target and you found a price that they're going to go off shorter, um, I'm more than happy to take the sort of 20 to 1 or bigger uh, about him.
0: 33 to 1 then isn't too bad. That'll do. Yeah, that'll do. Obviously, Mouse Morris as well, has been, his trainer has had a, what's been a, a only could be called a quiet time. Um, This is one of a small number of horses he's had. He actually had a really good December, three winners. um, And there's only been a couple of months over the last few years where he's had more than one winner um, uh, that that month. So it's just been a really, really difficult time for him or quieter time for him. Um, French Dynamite hoping to um, sort of really spearhead a small team um, for the Grand National winning trainer. But that's the... Thirty-three to one for French Dynamite at this stage, anti post for Ross. Um so T C we've uh, talked about Alaho and how Ross isn't too concerned about him coming into this race without a, ra- a without a run, if he is to come. I suppose that is all the, the ifs and buts. Is there anything that you think is likely to run um that you'd be hopeful for and, and is good value at this stage?
2: I think it's a really hard race to, to decipher. I mean, we're filming this on January the 12th at the moment. Mm. We're going on the basis that Alaho is running, and he's 15 to 8, 7 to 4 favourite, and then you're looking 6 to 1 bar. So he holds a, a vast chunk of the market. I don't want to tread on already trodden ground where we've covered uh, Alaho and, and Blue Lord, etc I think Blue Lord runs here if Alaho doesn't impress Willie Mullins in the build up, because Blue Lord is a perfect horse that has a, a good chance of winning this race um, if Alaho's not showing. His A game at home if he does or doesn't turn up, and also unlike Ross, uh, I've got a slightly different opinion on Alaho. If he does run here, if he does run here, sorry, with um, without a, a prep run, I would be completely against him. Now, his first time out form figures have been okay in the past, and obviously he's won this race uh, the last two editions by twelve lengths and fourteen lengths respectively. Super impressive both times. So you have to consider that, but he would be a very short price considering we haven't seen him for three hundred plus days. He's clearly had issues. And also, when you look at the actual pieces of form, first time up every year, it looks like he's needed the run. Last year, he made his debut in the John Durkin. He won that race, but he produced an RPR 13 pounds shy of his best, nowhere near the same level he performed in this race at the Cheltenham Festival. 12 months earlier, he also began his season in the John Durkin. He finished sixth with an RPR of 51 pounds below his best. In 2019, he was beaten first time up, um, and the same can be said for 2018 as well. So he's a horse that, in my opinion yes, can still perform to a good level, but at the same time isn't performing to that elite level that we know Alaho can when he's coming off a layoff. Now, I know Willie Mullins is fantastic at training horses off layoffs, without layoffs, you know, one of the best trainers in the game. But it would be a worry for me at a short price, especially when there are other horses in the field right now from an post perspective that you could side with, no matter if they're running in this race or not. And I'm willing to take a chance that Conflated will go here on the basis that... Gordon Elliott will see this as a much easier option than running in the Cheltenham Gold Cup, which we'll come to. It looks a very good renewal. Um, this year's run doesn't look a great renewal, aside from Alaho, in my opinion. And despite being nine, much like Alaho, Conflated remains open to further improvement over fences. He's only run four in 14 chase uh, events. And he ran a screamer in this race last year. He was going to be clear-cut second behind Aloha, Um, But unfortunately, he fell at the second last when he was making a move uh, into minor money. He's warmed up for this race with uh, a victory in the Savills Chase. Now, Savills Chase is known for being a good prep for the Gold Cup, so you could see why people might think he'd be going going to the feature race on Friday. And it wasn't a prime renewal of the Savills either, Um, but at the same time, it was a good, uh, good performance. Elliot hinted that the Gold Cup will be the way to go, but I prefer him over this kind of trip anyway. So, in the Antipost market, I'm not going to be chucking, you know, a lot of the balance on, not two, three points win or unconflated, but I think a one-point win or one-point each around 16-20-1, is a perfectly fine bet, given that if he goes to the Gold Cup, I'm not going to be annoyed anyway because I wouldn't be backing him for that race. And there's nothing else in this Ryanair field, barring Blue Lord, who again has the question marks about whether he's going to run that actually interests me. So yeah, Conflated is going to be my selection, but who knows whether he runs there? It's probably 50-50 right now.
0: Yeah, he's sixteen to one. And uh, I know it was um, Michael Leary said after um, after Christmas that uh, he's going to run in the Ryanair. And you never know whether he's being sarcastic or not. Um, you know, he wants to win his own race, but if you look at the other options that Gordon Elliott has in the Gold Cup, Fury Road and Galvin, who have, you know, they're really up against it, especially with the form that's conflated. It'd be hard to be hard to think that Gordon Elliott wouldn't want a proper live chance in that race. But it's, it depends who's going to win the battle, I suppose, and depends who wins the battle for fitness as well. And that's what we said about Alaho. So that's why uh, an insurance bet for me at this stage, if I had to have one, uh, Antipost would be Blue Lord. Because if Alaho wasn't ready, then Willie Mullins wants to run it. He's got Energy Mean in at over two miles um, for the Champion Chase. I think uh, Blue Lord's well within his capabilities to take two and a half, especially if it's a weak renewal of the Ryanair, which it could be. Um, so um, he's around six to one, I think. So yeah, it's a. Uh, it's intriguing at this stage. Um the two races I think really have got more um depth to it as it stands and are probably better anti-post propositions. The next ones we're gonna d- discuss. The Stairs Hurdle and then onto the Gold Cup. The Stairs Hurdle, every year, Ross and T C is this puzzle where we think we might have a horse that's gonna encapsulate the Stairs Hurdle division and really fly the flag for stairs, but then we just get slightly disappointed that they can't sort of keep up to A a, a sort of a trajectory or or an invincibility, as we spoke about with Constitution Hill. You know, Flooring Porter was such a sensational winner, but he's got a couple of chinks in his armour, doesn't he? Um, You never really know if they're sort of saving something a bit back to just get him spot on for another win in this race. Um, I kind of thought that when I saw um, his run last time out over Christmas. Um, the betting also thinks that he they are going to get him spot on for the stairs hurdle to win it again. He's five to one. Home by the Lee is this new. Where has he come from? Um, runner for Joseph O'Brien, who's proved proven himself twice now this season. Six to one. Classical Dream is a bit of an enigma. Eight to one. Teopu is the one that beats um, uh, Honeysuckle. Eight to one. Blazing Carl will he won't he ten to one. Then you got the old boy Paisley Park, who showed himself to be back at to his very best. But can he win a stairs? He's tens. Um, Marie's Rock is in here. Will she go up to three miles, twelve to one? Then you got Monkfish, um, incredible, really. I don't think we'll. I, don't, I think that's definitely a tentative entry, um, as is the likes of Sir Gerhard. Um, it's a really interesting puzzle, as it always is. Um, TC, I'll come to you first um, because uh, we were saying that we want prop a proper betting <clears throat> contest at this stage. It's a. It's always. It's always an intriguing one. It's not a race that. It overexcites people, but from a betting proposition, it can do, especially at this stage. So what, what what do you think about it at this moment in time?
2: Yeah, it's a wide open contest right now, and it will be a wide open contest on the day. I know your selection already, Jess, but I'm going to go with my... Uh, I'm going to tell you my opinion now. I'm not backing <laughs> Florin Porter, and that's for certain. And if Florin Porter wins for a third consecutive year... I will do a forfeit, which we can discuss in the meantime. Before oh, I, I will do it on the review, the Cheltenham review, or the, the podcast <laughs> after the festival. I'm not wearing a bore at Mankini, but I will do literally anything. I'm certain. That's the only thing I will not do. Um, but I'm literally certain in my mind, and I could be wrong. You know, this is horse racing; it's all about opinions. But Florian Porter is not for me, and I, the reason for that, well, there's numerous reasons. But the crux of the of the reason why I don't like him. Firstly, I don't think his two efforts this year have been overly promising. Now, maybe they were holding back a little bit last time out, but at the same time, I just wasn't wild or even interested in that effort going forward. I thought he was a horse that was potentially regressing. And mainly, the main reason why I don't like him is this race for the last two years... All the other jockeys couldn't have gifted it to Florian Porter anymore. It was, last year especially, it was absolutely ridiculous. I'm actually still annoyed by it now. It's uh, 11 months on or 10 months on. It's just a bit, a bit embarrassing, isn't it, that I'm still annoyed by that. But uh, Jonathan Moore went to the front on Florin Porter. There was no pace pressure, nothing at all. He was allowed to just set his own fractions on the front end, cruise through the early part of the race, and go to, go ahead to the line and win quite decisively. The only horse that even tried... To put any pressure on Floor and Porter was Champ, who is a horse that doesn't want to be uh, in the front, in the vanguard from an early stage, as we've seen recently uh, in his last time out effort. I don't know. I, I just can't back him. If he wins, then fantastic. The podcast will be interesting after Cheltenham, but uh, he's not for me. There are a couple of horses that I would prefer in this race. Um, I've already had a little bit on home by the Lee, though I do think his price now at around six to one is too short, which is why I'm not putting him up in the pod. I, I uh, had a little antepost wager on him, and I'm not a massive antepost uh, punter, I have to admit. But um, after the Liz Mullen hurdle back in November, I thought that was a good performance where he beat Bob Ollinger, who I still held in a decent regard at that stage. So I had a couple of quid on him, um, but as I say, I think he's a little short now. So. My recommendation at this stage, and it's going to be a, a left field rogue move, um, but it's to back Sir Gerhard because in the Ultimate Jumps podcast that we did at the start of the year, September, October, whenever it was, I put him up then and I said, I did a public plea to Willie Mullins, please run in this race because this horse is well suited to the stayers' hurdle. We haven't seen him this year. Mm. If you're going to go chasing with him, then it's pretty tough ask at this stage of the season to start doing that. Um, His bumper form was really good. His novice hurdle form was really good. He's always shaped like a stayer in the making. I think he's open to loads of improvement over this trip, and he's two from two at Cheltenham. So there are loads of positives for him. The likelihood of him running here, I don't know, probably not high. But if he does, and there's a a last minute, you know, you see a Twitter notification, so get hard running in the stayer's hurdle, (laughs) then I'll be celebrating because I think he's got a great chance. You look at the others further down the market, Paisley Park. I can't have him. He's just a little bit old now. Um, albeit he ran really well last time out. Classical dream. I was with him last year. I still haven't got over that race, as you can tell, so I won't be going back in on him. Um, so yeah, I'll stick with Sir Hard. Home by the Lee as the saver. They'll be my two.
0: Just trying to work out what kind of forfeit we could think up for you. That's <laughs> no no rush decisions. That's no definitely something decisions. I'm going to own, considering Thorin Porter is my selection. I'm thinking something, you've got to be at Kempton with something on your head, like I'm a chicken or something. Everton, something. Hat, yes.
2: so- <laughs> hey, that's too far. That's too far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we will work it out. Um, yeah, so Gerhard, he, three weeks ago, they confirmed that he had got an injury, um, that he would be out for a few weeks. Knowing horses, Um, you'd want them to be in pretty serious work or definitely in a a good place right now to be thinking of Cheltenham. Um, And they did say chasing is the idea. Um, So we'll see. We'll see if um, Willie Mullins is definitely a regular listener to this podcast, though, Tom. So I'm sure he is listening now. How are you, Willie, if you are? Um, (laughs) Ross, um, look, I think it's fair to throw in a, a bit of a a bit of a curveball in this race because uh, we that th- it is so wide open. And I, I agree with TC that Florian Porter hasn't looked as uh, enthusiastic, as we, we should say, in his races as he was coming into it this time last year. But maybe because of that, they are just saving him a little bit. Danny Mullins was actually done for dropping his hands, wasn't he, last time at, at over Christmas meeting. I think he's got one way of riding this horse uh, in terms of Cheltenham and he'll do it again. either work or it won't work. Five to one is short enough for me. Um, I wouldn't want it to be any shorter. That's why I'd want to take it right now. Um, but there's probably value out there as well. So I'd like to hear what you found.
1: I completely agree, with TC. And I think you've got to try and look at this from a slightly left field point of view. Because the ones at the head of the market, they all beat each other, don't they? Flooring Porter beats Home by the Lee. Classical Dream beats Flooring Porter. Flooring Porter beats Classical Dream. You know, They're all much of a muchness. Um, now... TC's absolutely right in that the, the twice flooring Porter has won the, the stay has heard this because he's got the best ride and, and those in behind have probably been a little bit slow on the uptake. Um, jockeys are great. They're exceptionally brave, brilliant characters. There's probably no space at NASA because someone's chosen to be a jockey rather than go and be a rocket scientist. Um, but surely, but surely they're not going to let the same thing happen a third time. But then we said that last year and, The reason it happens is because no one else actually wants to, to go on. Uh, Blazing Carl, my Twitter is full all the time of is Blazing Carl going for this race? Is he not? Does it really matter? I mean, he's got form around the course, but he beat Giolino Bello. Um, it's, I mean, what would Giolino Bello be if priced up in this? He'd be a huge price. I, I think it's a sort of one of these Twitter things that gets spun up. I, I don't think he's value at the price he is now. And to be honest, I'm not sure he's got standout uh, claims anyway. Um, I think Tihupu is interesting in that maybe, just maybe, it's not that he's ground dependent. It's just that the ground brings out his, his stamina. And he has won on better ground than, than soft and heavy. Um, so I thought he was interesting if they decide to go up in trip. Um, and then I just looked a little bit further down the market. And I think the same could be applied for, for Sam from Willie Mullins' yard. Um, I was desperate for them to run in the Turners last year, over two and a half miles. I thought he'd been crying out for, for going up in trip, albeit he can be keen early in his races. I thought his performance at Punchestown, given how keen he was in the early stages on desperate, desperate ground, stayed on really well over two mile four. Um, if he goes for this race and if, um, and, and I don't quite know what happened to TC. If it does happen, they, they let Danny Mullins stack them all up and drop anchor in the middle part of the race. And it turns into a sprint up the hill. He's quicker than all of these. There's, there's no two ways about that. He'll stay well. Um, I don't know where else they're going to send him if they don't send him here. So that, that appeals to me. Um, I just thought he was, he was interesting, um, from, you know, at the prices when those at the head of the market. I mean, I just think this it's this race is primed to be set up for something new and fresh. Um and then mm. we'll be talking in April about how Danny Mullins scored them all from the front and <laughs> won a third stayers on <laughs> on Florian Porter as T C sat there in his Everton kit.
0: <laughs> With a chicken hat on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah, some Sam intriguing returning to hurdles um from uh, novice chasing last year and actually willie Mullins said after that win on new year's eve that he um is bred to stay further than two and a half miles so you, you'd have to imagine that this is exactly the kind of target um that they're looking for um son sam, sam who were uh, unseated at, at Cheltenham, um and but the only other time when he was he was second in the in the boodles wasn't he um, so he's got form around Cheltenham, and that's always a, that's always a query as well. Horses that haven't got there uh, before, do they act on the track? And those are different, uh, various elements too. Um, so San San, 14 to one. Um, as I said before, I'm fine that Ross and TC completely disagree with me. That's all right, that makes, it gives me more of an impetus to put up Florian Porter at five to one. Um, as I said, I don't want him to be any shorter than this. I actually thought he could be, We could he could have been a little bit bigger. Um, based on the fact that his two runs, his runs this season have not looked as inspiring as last year's. Um, but I do think that he is being completely trained for this race and this race only. Home by the Lee um, is this this new pretender in this sphere, um, but I would have to see him do it at Cheltenham, which I ha- which we haven't. Um, and as we've said, the likes of Classical Dream just doesn't hit it enough for me. Teopu, um, I think, was flattered a little bit. Um, P- Paisley Park... What an admirable horse! But maybe he's possibly done a lot of hard races early on in this season, um, especially um, uh, in such high high class co- company. Um, and he's now um, another year older. Um, and yeah, so I think Flooring Portrait five to one is is, is worth it. I'll, I'll just make a note on Buzz quickly. He is a, he is a tentative entry. He's going to have to do a lot more than he is at the moment for it to be a. Um, a definite but it's you've got to be in it um at this stage so we made the entry um but he would be coming off a huge 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 layoff um but the plan is to have him running at some stage um this springtime so um it's nice to have him in there and see his name um okay that's the stayer's hurdle um we'll go into the gold cup because this is the one that i think we're gonna get most interest out of because this is a good race guys if they all get there i really hope they do because i think we've got some really good older horses we've got some new younger ones um we've got a, a grand national winner uh this has got something for everyone and you've got a, an, an, an american grand national winner as well so i love this i love the feel to this race and um, galloping de champ deserves i think to be at the top at four, but he's far too short for me in this gold cup long seven to one noble yates the grand national winners 8-1 to last year's winner at plutard 11 to 1 Brave Man's Game The King George winner 9 to 1 Protector at 11 Statler 11 Conflated 20s And then you've got to go All the way back to Two years ago The winner of this race Two years ago Manel Inder 39 to 1 I've named a lot of horses And a lot of races That uh, these horses Have been winning I love the makeup Of this race Ross It's got a real good feel to it um, And I think there's Some nice prices At this stage From an anti-post perspective For our, get our To get our teeth into What do you think?
1: I cannot wait for this I mean if these all line up it'd be the best gold cup I can remember seeing in my adult lifetime I think um some would argue I'm not an adult yet um I (laughs) I was
0: about to say (laughs) how many gold cups have there been got got there before you (laughs) that's not fair (laughs) um
1: Gallup and Deschamps I love and I thought the the most taking thing about his reappearance was how he sort of lobbed along behind the bridle he was just so far removed from the horse that just tore off round leopardstown last year i think it gives him a great chance of seeing out this trip um but i think the price is is short enough and actually i'd probably be more inclined to take an even shorter price about him if he wins over three miles at the dublin racing festival which i think is the is the plan um Mm. because just all along last year i loved him last year as you know but you just couldn't think that a horse with this much speed and this much exuberance could be a Gold Cup horse. But the way he he went about his business on his reappearance completely changed my my opinion. I was pretty keen on L'Ompresa at the start of the year for the Gold Cup. And then just watching the King George back, I know he unseated, I know he jumped out to his left, but Brave Man's game was going away from him. He wasn't coming back at Brave Man's game. Um, and it's just planted a little doubt about stamina which i had no doubt about stamina for this whatsoever so maybe i'm overthinking it noble yates is fascinating but all his best form is on flat tracks he's going to have to prove he acts around a track like this his jumping is going to have to survive in the early part and i know that's saying it about a horse that's won the biggest jumping test there is in the grand national but i just think this is going to be run at an end-to-end gallop, and I have a slight concern over that. Brave man's game. I, I don't think he stays, but I didn't think he'd stay in the in the King George. So bear that in mind when you're listening to me. Protector, I'm not a fan of Statler. I think is really interesting, but I'd already advised him on the ultimate pod at a bigger price. I still think he's a decent price uh, around about eleven, twelve to one, but he's already in my portfolio, so I can I can pass him over. Um, so the the, the one that I think is is overpriced is Royal Pagai and that's assuming it's going to be a soft soft ground Gold Cup if it's not you can you can forget him, he just hasn't got the gears but he did really well in the in the King George over a effectively an inadequate stamina test um, but it just shows that the ground makes a big a big difference to him he stuck on from a long way back last year in the Gold Cup having got outpaced um, we're probably due a genuine soft ground gold cup. And we just be typical, wouldn't it? We've all moaned about there being no rain through the early part of the season. And then when we're expecting spring ground, we'll, we'll get an absolute, absolute bog and there's plenty of rain around at the moment. Um, yes, we're some way out. Um, so I just thought in terms of an anti post portfolio Royal Pagai, if, if the rain comes, will be nowhere near 33 to one on the day, again, sticking to the, is he likely to go for this race or go somewhere else? If, if he runs at Cheltenham, he runs in this race. Um, you've been a big fan of him for a long time, so I'm just sort of trying to to, to jump on your tail, really. Um, and I I I was really impressed with him in the in the King George.
0: Well, you can get bigger than fifty nine to one at the moment from a SBK <laughs> perspective. Yeah, I do love the raw guy, and I thought he ran a a, a great race um, in this last year as well, an admirable effort, and he's clearly a horse that has had his his issues and his niggles—you'd um, imagine he's off to the Peter Marsh as well, where he, which he loves. But yeah, soft ground will be the will be the um, the making of him. Um, and yeah, he's a, he's just a lovable horse. Um, so, Royal guy at this stage for Ross Miller, and, and what's a really good um, renewal? We hope of this Gold Cup. Um, TC, we've um, got a lot of new up-and-coming horses. Noble Yates listening to Emmett Mullen saying, you know, does he have a class of, a, of this kind of graded race? Um, we've got Gallopin de Deschamps, who, you know, he's, he's a novice coming into open company. And in the past, that's not really been favourable for those types of horses. And you've wanted horses that have a little bit more experience. And you've got Brave Man's Game, your King George winner. And we've touched on whether he is a... A Cheltenham Festival horse or not, and I think they're just happy to keep them fresh and give it a go. But then you've got these horses who've ran in the Gold Cup, Aplutard, Manella Indo. Um, they've uh, they've been there, they've done it, um, they've given it a go. So we know that they can they can compete. But is it a better race than we've seen before? And is and what is your belief uh, at this stage that has genuine value for for the Gold Cup come March?
2: Yeah, it's an absolute cork. I completely agree with both of your standpoints. Really looking forward to this race. Going to be the best race of the festival, I'm sure, if they all turn up. Uh, my brief opinions on the horses you've touched on there, Gallopan de probably the second best jumps horse in training right now behind Constitution Hill. Definitely the horse to be if he stays. And I do think he will stay. Therefore, 7-4 to 4 or whatever price is right at the moment when we're filming, is probably value. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of depth in this race. And would I want to take seventy four about a horse? I'm not hundred percent sure it stays, and I'm not a hundred percent sure will settle in behind in a race of this nature, hustle and bustle of the Gold Cup. Um, probably not at this stage, but I think he's definitely the horse to beat. Others, Brave Man's Game, yes, I've really fancied him in the King George, and he didn't he did it well despite um, a less than par ride. But I just don't think Cheltenham's the right track for him, so he's not on my radar here. I expect Long Pressed to probably reverse the King George form. I know he fell, but he would have been second. Um, He's better suited to Cheltenham. Noble Yates, I think, was, uh, well, is the last horse off my shortlist. He was the, the horse I was tempted to put up, um, but I didn't because Grand National winners in the Gold Cup, you know, there's just a trend that you can't really put, hang a hat on as the ideal uh, prep coming into this race. But he was really good last time out. I think he has the mixture of speed and stamina, which you just don't see from normal Grand National winners, um, which should allow him to compete in a Gold Cup. Minella Rindo, just not at his best. tard hard to back after the Betfair chase. Protector right, tends to make mistakes around Cheltenham. So that's kind of a synopsis of the leading contenders uh, outside of my selection, which is Statler. Uh, much like Ross, also put him up in the, the Ultimate podcast back in September or October, whenever we filmed it. Um... And I put him up as my antipost bet to follow on betting.getsbk.com. Check that website out if you haven't already. Um, last year, after the Cheltenham Festival, when he won the National Hunt Chase, because I really fancied him for the National Hunt Chase, and he looked like a horse who was going to progress into a super Gold Cup contender. That hasn't, unfortunately, happened yet, because we haven't seen him all that often. And he got beat on his reappearance by Manello Indo, who I've just said isn't, uh, doesn't look back to his best. However, there's a, a reason why I think Statler lost that race, um, on new year's day, two horses went on early on, including Manila Rindo. They, they kind of crawled through the early stages for horses of their talent. And then they quickened up. Statler was in behind. He's clearly a stayer, won the national hunt chase ever further, needs a trip. And this race was over, I think two miles, six furlongs or something similar to that two miles, five and a half. Um, and he traveled like the best horse in the race came to make his move and just blew up in the closing stages. He's a horse who needs his first run of the season. Yet, he still managed to show that turn of foot, that acceleration and class of a grade one competitor. And he, I don't know what he was beating it. It was a head or a short head by Manila Indo, who's obviously a grade one horse at his very best. I believe 10 to 1 is still an extremely fair each way price. Uh, I can't remember what it was for the Ultimate Podcast, maybe 16s, um, which we we both jumped on at the time, Ross and I. But uh, I still think 10 to 1 is very fair. I think he goes off single figures in the day. Course form. He's blown away the cobwebs. You know, there's a lot to like about Statler.
0: It could be a very nice, um, ride for a second string jockey from the Willie Mullins camp. If we assume Paul Tannen's on Gallopin de Champ, Patrick Mullins, potentially, um, Danny.
2: Uh, Either. I mean, I'd be happy to have either of them on board. Patrick obviously rode him in the national hunt chase. So he knows him very well. Danny rode him in a couple of novice hurdles. One at Leperstown, one at Punchstown in 2021. Didn't win on either occasion. Um, but he finished third behind Galopante Champ on one of the occasions, which leans to maybe Danny Mullins takes the ride here. Uh, and the other one, he finished third to go de Manil, who's going to be a short price for uh, one of the races he he runs in the Cheltenham Festival. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be uh, adverse to either of those taking the ride on Statler. I wouldn't consider that a negative in any way.
0: Yeah. Okay. So eleven to one for Statler, um, second string for Gal- uh, for Willie Mullins. If they if they both get there, um, but considering. um, uh, the, the way it's going, they, these ones look pretty certain. We weren't, weren't, aren't too sure about some of them. Um, I think the guys made p- perfect uh, explanations around Gallop and Deschamps. I think he, look, he's, he's got everything going for him, but I just don't like that price at 74 where, you know, this novice and open company um, in a very deep looking uh, renewal of the Gold Cup against horses who've been there and done that. Um, and for me, just my quick thoughts to add add to this. Ross touched on um, Manila Indo. Um, Yeah, look, this horse is probably seen his best days. Obviously, he's a a previous Gold Cup winner. Um, He uh, was, he beat um, Statler by a neck last time out and gave uh, the Saddles chase, giving Henry de Bromhead a fabulous victory. Um, He was getting weight from Statler as well. So there were things in his advantage, but... He has won a Gold Cup and he's been second in the Gold Cup. And I think at uh, the price that you can get him at at 39 to 1 currently, that is not a bad each way price for a former Gold Cup winner. Um, That probably will be, I don't know if he potentially might just go straight there. They might run him again at the Dublin Racing Festival, but i would be happy to see him go there fresh. Um, he's been beaten before at, uh, the Dublin racing festival. He's been beaten by conflated in the, um, Irish gold cup last year and then went on to finish a good second, um, to a Plutard and him, a Plutard I haven't put up because I just, I was too worried about what happened there at, um, the Betfair chase last time. Um, then he got a knock. He just hasn't had a great year, um, and I think Henry de Bromhead wouldn't want him to go into this, even if he does get a prep run in with what's been a bit of a truncated season so far. Um, Long Preston will be my other selection at seven to one. Um, I love this horse and seeing what he's done. I'll forgive him for that unseat and a, in a, a track that clearly didn't play to his strengths at Kempton last time. In the King George, he'll be much more at home for, at Cheltenham. He'll want the ground to be softer as well. Um, I'm happy. Um, to see him go round this this right way round that he likes to go uh, he um he's a I, i'm really looking forward to seeing him against uh, Galopin de Champ um in a race where I think it's the young pretenders against the older sorts and it, it's the time to see um who uh, who who really leads the pack in that way and I just think it's seven to one he's a he's a slightly better value for the gold cup um come march so there is um three and a bit months away now um, plenty more water to go under the bridge. And we will be looking at Cheltenham again, um, no doubt. Closer to the time, we'll have um, specific previews of the Cheltenham Festival. And it'll be interesting to see where we get to by then, the price of these, some of these horses, maybe some of their prep runs, and we'll be able to review them to think if they've uh, enhanced their reputations or decreased them. But as it stands, we hope we've given you something to think about from an anti-post perspective. And um, thanks, as ever, to Ross and to Tom. Um, a reminder that new SPCAS... Cust- SBK customers can get £30 in free bets by betting £10 and so that will might um, add to a little pot for your antipose betting for the Cheltenham Festival. We are back every week with a specific look at uh, the racing for the weekend so if you're dropping in just to listen to this for Cheltenham Festival we don't we're not just a one-off podcast um we uh, we will give you we endeavor to give you um selections for the weekends racing week after week so you can find us on all your podcast channels and on YouTube so thank you for listening good luck for March and we will see you soon